Hey guys, welcome to the Welding Business Center Podcast, where our podcasts are late, but our bids are on time. I'm your host, Kevin, with JMW Fabrication. Today, we've got the fifth and final episode with Jason from Apocalypse Fab. In the episode, he gives out advice for starting out a business, buying equipment and consumables, and estimating for a plasma table. There's a lot of really good value in this episode, and I think you guys are really going to like it. You can find Jason on Instagram at APOCFAB. You can find us at Welding Business Owners Podcast. You can find me at JMW Fabrication. And if you guys are just jumping into the episode series with Jason, I recommend you going back and starting at the first episode so you can get caught up on all the knowledge and wisdom that he drops on here. So hope you guys enjoy it and enjoy the episode. If you were to give advice to another person who is similar in business or even different in business, what is some real world advice that you thought you, you think you can't find in like a in a book or you can't learn unless you're unless you go through it? Uh, for any small business starting out, get your efficiencies figured out. Also, figure out what your uh, core skill set is as a person. What are you good at? Mm-hmm. What are you not good at? What do you hate? You know, and either outsource those things or minimize them. Uh, just like we've been talking about, you know, with outsourcing and finding reputable vendors that can help you, that takes its own amount of research just to be able to do that. And yeah, you're going to find some duds. Like very rarely do you immediately find the perfect fit for yourself. Um, and early on in the business, when you're dealing with that seed money that you started with, or, um, you know, you have that extra time, you don't think you have extra time at the beginning, but (laughs) once you do it for enough years, you know, you had extra time, (laughs) uh, because you don't get any more time as your business progresses, you get less. Yeah. Um, and so just dealing with, again, time is your biggest commodity. You can't make any more of it. So you need to be efficient with it, with what you have, because that's the only way you're going to drive business and to be efficient for your customers too. So they're getting their dollars worth out of paying for you. Mm. Now, if you're a small business and you're starting out, even if you're starting out on a medium size or a large business and you have a whole bunch of seed money, you still have investors that are relying on you to do what you promised in the business plan, which is another thing. You need a business plan. You need an <laughs> idea of where you're going with real numbers. Those numbers are going to be wrong, yeah. but you need to estimate them and come up with as many numbers as you can. When I first started the business, we essentially started with the CNC plasma table. And I created, an, well, I copied and then modified an Excel spreadsheet that did all the costing involved for cutting on the table. I needed to know what does a four inch cost coaster cost me to make? Okay, break it down into pieces and do a cost analysis of what a product costs you to make. You can do the same thing with your shop rate and your hourly rate. You figure out all of your overhead. Uh, My Excel spreadsheet that I've got figures out all of my overhead, 
which is a reasonable approximation. I need to revisit that. It hasn't been changed for quite a while, but at the beginning I was pretty on it um, with figuring out consumable costs, figuring out uh, drive time and what I wanted to pay myself to get material, what I wanted to pay myself to stand at the table, what I wanted to pay myself um, for dealing with any issues that I might have. Uh, you're dealing with equipment. It's going to do exactly what you tell you, what you tell it to most of the time, which is bad and good. If you told it to do the wrong thing, it's going to do that. Yeah. So, and you're going to have that early on when you're using something and you're going to have breakdowns. You're going to have all sorts of stuff. You're going to need to replace equipment uh, over time. You need to figure out a life expectancy. Um, so all of that was built into my uh, plasma spreadsheet. And it goes by cut inches, material used, material thickness, and pierce points, um, which has been really great because I can figure out exactly what things cost. Then I can figure out uh, what I'm going to sell thing, what things actually cost me, what mm -hmm. a wholesale number is, what a retail number is, what an Etsy number is with all of their fees and also shipping. Uh, it's much different than when somebody comes here and picks something up, I don't have any transport costs for that after I've made it. Um, so all of those things, I spent a lot of evenings and weekends at the beginning trying to hone that in as much as I could to get a cost analysis. Hmm. And so I had time to do that because that was what I needed to work on. I didn't need to be out cutting products if I didn't know how much I was going to sell them for. Sure. And I didn't know, and I had to make sure that I was selling them for something I was going to make money with. Yeah. Because yeah, you can go out there and work all day long and not make any money. And you should have <laughs> just sat inside, <laughs> you know, we still have days like that where everything, all the planets align and, and stuff just goes wrong. Um, but spending that initial time when you're first developing your business and figuring out where you're going to go, spend that time. If it's an Excel spreadsheet, if it's, uh, you know, hand of paper, the nice thing about all the computer apps and stuff now is you can go back and change that. Like, and Excel auto calculates it. However, one downside of the Excel is someone will ask me, okay, how much does it cost to cut a sign? I have no idea. Can't tell you. <laughs> I mean, what sign, what, how many letters, how intricate are we making this? Does it have a whole wildlife scene in the back of it? Yeah. Like, what are we doing? What are you making it out of? Is it going to be stainless? Are we doing aluminum? Is it just steel? Are we powder coating it? There's a billion questions to ask. Mm -hmm. um, so I can't tell anybody a ballpark number on literally anything without spending time to calculate everything out. Now the spreadsheet allows me once I get the part drawn, once I get it all into the cut, you know, program sheet cam, and then spit out a report on what it's going to be for all of those parameters. Now I can tell them a hard number. Okay. This is what I've got. And I know what my profit indexes and that kind of stuff are all built into there already. I know I'm covering all of my overhead. Um, but those kind of things, you need to spend the time to build that infrastructure probably while you're doing the business plan before you even start your business. Hmm. Because 
if you want to be out of the gate day one selling your widgets, you have to know all the answers or at least an estimate of the answers. Nobody knows all the answers, <laughs> um, you know, unless you're under contract work. And even then, like you have to figure out all of the things that can go wrong. So spend time driving yourself insane at the beginning of building a business <laughs> with stupid late hours to realize that this is going to be the norm. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's, that's been a, a massive tool for me. Um, I still use it to this day. Um, it's difficult to project costs and do estimates for me and a lot of my work because it's so one-off. Mm -hmm. in a lot of instances and but that's going to happen no matter what you're doing you just need to have a relative good idea of what it costs you to live and what it costs you to push that product out the door to the customer because if you don't know that you you're just shooting blind and who knows maybe you're really good at it yeah but you're probably not <laughs> I, I know my first pricing was based off of what everybody else was charging and i had no idea what my overhead and costs were and i just charged a little bit less than everybody else did and i stayed busy and whether that right or wrong um obviously here we are so i did something right but um you know i think well, looking back on it now, I think I would really like to know the numbers of what it cost me to run everything. Because, you know, it's not only the, it's the replacement cost of the machine. How much does it cost you to run that engine drive every hour? It was $4,000 to replace it. Now it's $65,000, $7,000, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Um, so, like, you have to add inflation in on that. And, you know, just just ballpark it. Like, I, like, I just... I just ballpark. I always, I always round up. I tell you, you know, just all, like never round down, always round up. <laughs> yeah. And like, uh, for instance, on the, the plasma spreadsheet, I know that I have that uh, for consumable costs, the, the nozzles and electrodes, you change those out pretty frequently. So on 16 gauge, yeah, it'll last a long time in most instances. On one inch plate, when I'm cutting it with the 85 amp plasma, I can wipe out a set of consumables in one pierce just by <laughs> screwing up. Yeah. You know, and in other, in the old style, the new sink consumables are way better. The old style, I planned on getting uh, three pierces out of consumables. And at the time, I believe that was about $16 worth of exchange to change them out, 16 bucks, plus your time, right? Mm -hmm. Plus the machine sitting there not doing anything, plus your overhead that is running constantly, your business insurance, your uh, electricity bill, all of, you know, car, car registration, car insurance, all of that stuff, all that stuff that's sitting there not doing anything, that consumable change is costing you more than $16. Sure. Way more. Okay. <laughs> So what I did was um, I took what other people had kind of given you in the spreadsheet because that was kind of a thing that was passed around on the message forums at that time. And I took their numbers and I divided them by three 
I took them down to a third. So uh, I believe on like quarter inch, they were saying like 21 pierces or something. I put in seven for mine. Okay, fine. Because when I cut things, I don't want to be cutting them for a quantity and a cost discount to the customer. I don't want to be doing bulk cutting. Mm-hmm. It's not something I'm interested in. If I was interested in that, I would really hone that down and figure out exactly where my costs are. But in my case, I really don't want to do this. This is speaking to what you want to do. Mm-hmm. I don't really want to do that. So I'm going to cut it down to a third. So yeah, that just made me three times more expensive than everybody else that was using that spreadsheet. Fine. <laughs> you know? Okay, yeah. fine. Um, but then you have to make sure okay, I am saying that these consumables are going to cost me that much more, which builds in a buffer for every other cost that I've got. But it also drives me at the same point of my cut quality should be damn good. Yeah. If I'm going to rely on that, I can't be competing with the guys that are going for 21 pierces because they're just trying to rip stuff out. And yeah, they're going to push their consumables a lot further. Okay. Well, when I start seeing any sort of measurable taper on my cuts, which granted some things have come out with taper in them. I'm not going to say I don't get taper. It depends on what it's for. Mm -hmm. If I'm welding it to a joint, okay, fine. But I can assure you if I'm giving a cut product to a customer that they're going to have to deal with from there, that cut is going to be as good as I can make because that's your name again. Mm -hmm. And $16 consumable doesn't even register for me. (laughs) I'm going to spend that money. And the next job, when I do a whole bunch of pierces and I do a whole sheet of cutting or whatever, and I don't, and I get, you know, a set of consumables for the whole sheet for a hundred or 200 pierces made money that time. Finally. (laughs) So, So, you know, building all those things in and once you start like definitely during your first year or two, of using a piece of equipment. I don't care what year of business you're in first year or two of using a piece of equipment. That's like a production thing, like a CNC controlled anything, figure out what you're going to be at the beginning. When you do that initial price comparison of what you're going to purchase, uh, as far as the equipment goes, figure out how much it's going to cost you. And then revisit that three months down the road and say, okay, well now I know how much I actually spent on consumables for this. This is how much I spent for service. Okay. Well, did my numbers make sense? Am I doing all right? Go back and look at it. This is time well spent. Yeah. And then at a year, look back at it again. If everything's going cool, fine. If you're way over, you're granted you're making enough money, but you don't, you know, the machine's been sitting, you don't have enough demand. Then maybe you should consider bringing those prices down a little bit and see you know, because then you'll have a better idea is all I'm saying. You can hone in those estimates that you made at the beginning. Don't just lock yourself in to that initial idea of what you thought was going to cost you. I like to put numbers to everything um, just so that I can understand how much does this really cost me? Yep. You know, how much money am I actually losing right now? <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, Jason, you could be a lot more efficient, you know? If you just worked, <laughs> stop taking so many breaks, you know, or, you know, you know, you screw up a plate or whatever it happens, 
like cut the wrong thing, get your measurements wrong. Okay. Well, luckily I have some padding built into all these numbers. Not so, so hard of a hit. Yeah. And like uh, cutting on the table, the plasma table, because it's easy to quantify. Um, your labor is not easy to quantify what you're doing every single minute of the day. You can also go way over on the other end of this, which I've done multiple times, and you're overanalyzing yourself to death. Well, not every day is going to go like that. That's where the padding comes in. Like you have to overestimate stuff. But on the CNC plasma table, like some jobs, you'll cut a five by 10 sheet and the parts just don't nest well. Like they don't fit into each other. They're all arcs. Like you've got these massive, weird curved shapes that it's a whole bunch of material, especially when it's like one inch plate. And you're like, this is really heavy. And heavy means expensive. <laughs> well, on the spreadsheet, it creates... Uh, the way I've estimated it all out is I build rectangles around every part I'm cutting. Mm. So the customer is being billed for that rectangle because circles don't work on <laughs> yep. rectangular sheets. I mean, yep. they never do. Um, and so that's all being paid for. Now, if you can nest other pieces into those corners of that circle cut, cool. Gravy. It's great. Um, I know some shops that will actually keep the skeletons of the plasma cut and they'll label them as files, cut files, so that they can drag that skeleton out and put it back on the table and cut in the in-between spots. Okay, great idea when you have the small pieces. However, that probably works if you have a lot of storage space. I don't have a lot of storage space. Yep. So I cut out whatever rectangles I can get out of a piece and I scrap the rest. <laughs> I have got multiple customers that come over and tell me, they'll go over to the scrap bin They'll look inside and go, oh, are you just getting rid of that? That's a that's a good piece right there. You're more than welcome to it. Take it out. <laughs> it is not worth my time to dig through the scrap bin and pull something out yep. to cut it on the table. I would rather cut it out of a brand new sheet and move on with the job. My foreman would love to hear that because for a while, we uh, not even a while, we, occasionally we still do. Um, we have a, a decent sized plate rack here and yeah, we, we, we mark the point and we pull the skeleton out and it's labeled and we get a bunch of parts, but, um, sometimes it, it, it depends on the customer and what it is. Most of the time I'm at least billing them a half sheet for mo most things, unless it's like, you know, small little base plates. And I'm like, all right, well then I just got to just throw a number at it. You know what I mean? But um, yeah, like in my form, he loves throwing stuff away. Like we have, we have a ton of stuff here for, for, for this the side of the shop. We have too much stuff in here and he loves throwing stuff away. And like I, the longer he's been here, the more authority he has to throw stuff away. And I'm like, I go in the scrappy. I'm like, I, I go in the scrap. Like we, we took scrap out the other day. We had, like a bunch of like 32 inch, like three quarter inch solid pickets. Like, I don't know, maybe like 60 of them. And I was like, are you throwing those away? He's like, yes, I am throwing those away. And I'm like, oh, okay. Okay. You can throw those away. <laughs> it hurts me sometimes being the one who, who, who ultimately puts the bill for it. But I'm like, 
No, this is the way that you run a business. You know, I love our like cutoff remnant uh, option in in sheet cam where you can go in there and just cut the, cut the remnant out. It gives you a perfect rectangle or square and just, and just throw it away. So we, we've been doing that a lot more too. So. Yeah. Because just the, the time, I mean, it's all comes down to time. Yeah. If you index in that skeleton again, something moved while you cut it. Mm-hmm. And now suddenly you scrap apart because it goes off and it was going to fit perfectly in that little curved spot. Nope. Cause that plate moved a little bit. Now suddenly you cut it off and now you're spending three times as long yeah. to cut that one stupid little piece. Whereas, I mean, yeah, I used to be the same guy. I used to just keep everything like, Oh man, that's a good spot right there. I could get like a base plate or something out of there. I'll just keep that, you know? And it's <laughs> like, okay, now I'm tripping over, you know, 50 skeletons of stuff. And I just, it still hurts to do it on the real thick material. Yeah. But I, I, I just got to, cause it, it, it doesn't make sense. You can only do like, so much. Yeah. Hardly ever am I cutting one little piece of something. Yep. Um, one thing I do, uh, do out there, especially when I'm prototyping is I'll leave a sheet on the table and just keep cutting test pieces or, you know, actual pieces off of it and keep working off of that material. Mm-hmm. Um, so like on the dozer screens and that I had to do a lot of fitting and trying stuff out. And yeah, I cut quite a few screens multiple times, <laughs> which whatever that happens, but I was able to nest it as I went on that one sheet. So it's pretty efficient at that point mm-hmm. versus, you know, swapping thicknesses and pulling sheets off and losing my whole you know, indicator and everything. Um, and also another thing that's good for prototyping is a 16 gauge piece of steel. Oh yeah. Throw a 16 gauge up there, cut something out. It seems like it's the most wasted time at the beginning, but once you catch yourself a few times on screwed up measurements, 16 gauge is a heck of a lot cheaper than one inch. Yeah. So, um, I do that pretty often, uh, no matter what, the 3d model says on how perfect everything's going to be because it's, <laughs> it's just not, <laughs> uh, yeah. Awesome, man. Efficiency. Well, do you, do you have anything else you want to add in on, on this? I think we've covered most everything. Cool, man. Um, yeah, just the, the business plan or your version of it to start a business and then just kind of keeping up with it. Sure. Um, and just figuring out where the money is coming from theoretically and where it's going out to try to keep that number black. (laughs) (laughs) Keep it in the black. That's it. (laughs) Try to. (laughs) Well, Hey, I appreciate you sitting down with me. Um, I think a lot of people are going to really get a lot from this. So, um, Tell Katie I said hi, and I can't wait to see you guys at Fabtech again. Unless you want to, unless you guys find yourself on the East Coast. Oh yeah, we uh, probably should next. Well, this year I think June or so we're going to be out there. So nice. Pennsylvania for my cousin, I believe. So where where at in Pennsylvania? Oh, where is she in Pennsylvania? I don't know. Outside of Philadelphia. We're outside of Philadelphia because yeah, that's exactly. where I'm at. I, I think I have Bedminster. 
<laughs> I used to live in Bedminster. <laughs> cool. Dude, you should you you guys should really spend a day with us. P- plan an extra day in there. Cause we're Sweet. like so my my shop is uh about 15 minutes from Bedminster. Awesome. Uh, I know the back roads out there real well. I used to yeah, I grew up there in my younger years. So yeah, no, we'll we'll definitely hook up with you when Dude, we come out. That's really cool, man. That's really yeah. cool. All right, I'm gonna let you get back to some art gouging. Have fun, and uh, I'll talk to you soon, buddy. Thanks. Good to see you. You too, man. Bye. See you. See you, Katie. (laughs) Well, that's it for the episode, guys. I hope you really enjoyed it. If you guys found value in this, I'd appreciate it if you give us a five-star review on your podcast player that you're listening on to, because it really helps spread the word about what we're doing here. Check back next week for a brand new episode series with the surprise guests that we got coming up. And until then... Find us at Welding Business Owners Podcast. Find Jason at APOC Fab. Find me at JMW Fabrication. And get out there, get it done, and get it in voice.